Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wildstorm Addiction, episode 25 for September 2011. I'm Joe David Solis. And I'm Ben Murphy. And we have reached a milestone here at Wildstorm Addiction. We reached episode number 25. Woo! Wow. I remember when Wildcats first hit 25. <laughs> Which time? The first, second, third, third? <laughs> the first. <laughs> and Stormwatch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, today uh, we're kind of doing things a little bit different because since we did do the decide to do the podcast monthly now, we are going to cover Stormwatch number one today just for the sake of September. And then, you know, we'll get back on track in October after Grifter and Voodoo come out. But today we'll also be talking about how uh, Wildstorm was introduced to the DCU in Flashpoint, kind of. <laughs> and uh, and we're actually going to have special guest uh, Chris Stryker of the Higher Authority website with us here in a second. Um, so, and we do want to give you a spoilers warning because uh, you know we have the review for Stormwatch number one up on the website, uh, which is spoiler free. But the podcast always contains spoilers, so. Uh, you ready to bring Chris on? Absolutely. Well, welcome to the podcast once again, Chris. Uh, Thank you're, you. You're going to get to help us celebrate another milestone. You helped us celebrate what we thought was the last episode, and thank God it wasn't. And now you get to help us celebrate episode 25. Woohoo! Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start off, Chris, by uh, talking a little bit about how Wildstorm was brought in during the uh, Flashpoint story. We're just kind of cover a little bit here and there. Obviously, we'll start with the first time that we knew for sure Wildstorm was going to be in there, which was Flashpoint number three, where we got a cameo of uh, Grifter. What I kind of want to discuss in this, guys, is, you know, to me, this whole thing with Flashpoint and the way they did it, it was kind of odd, in my opinion. I mean, it was great to see Grifter, and, and then we'll get to some of the other questionable appearances of Wildstorm characters here in a second, but let's just focus on Grifter for now. Um, I thought it was great to see him, but I did find it a little odd that they chose to do it that way. Ben, what did you think about how they brought Grifter in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all going to consider it very odd, but what was cool is it's the very 90s version of Grifter, and I don't think we're going to see him after you know, interviewing Nathan Edmondson. I don't think you're going to see that side of Grifter anymore. I think he's going to bring in, you know, a different type of Grifter that he alluded to. But it was a good throwback, and I, and I think that was fun for the readers. And I think that the people that don't know Wildstorm very well, they do know the 90s version of Grifter, and I think that was probably one of the reasons why they may have wrote him and drawn them that way yeah no i mean i agree obviously because yeah that's definitely yeah the 90s version for sure <laughs> no doubt about it even uh the dialogue and stuff to me was very 90s and it's interesting that it was dna that was uh writing it because to me it didn't feel like they're writing at all i mean um what did you think about that chris well i when i first saw him you know at the you know his cameo i was just like oh why did they go with the 90s version? <laughs> there are so many better versions after that. But what are you going to do? Probably most everybody would be, that would probably be his most recognizable look. You know, the trench coat, the big gloves, the uh, hair dryer guns. And uh, <laughs> always got to be ha- hating on the vets, Chris. <laughs> you know, I know, and I loved him back in the day even on the old cartoon. But um, no, I thought it was interesting because even back like on like the old Wildstorm universe, we would see 
the Wildstorm version of characters. So it was interesting to see the DC version of a Wildstorm character, even though it was in some sort of alternate timeline. I don't know. I kind of liked it. It was just, you know, as a throwback, you know, to what used to be. And you can kind of see where, where the Wildstorm was versus where they were now before it ended. So I kind of like the throwback. Would I like it to stay? No, but it was nice to visit for a while. Yeah, I mean, I can get behind that, like I said. I mean, ultimately, with what we all saw happen in Flashpoint, you know, it was kind of like, okay, this is the world that the Flash messed up himself. So this is kind of one way that the DCU and Vertigo and DC could all be integrated together. And then in trying to fix it, it's like, okay, you didn't really fix it right, but it's a little bit better than it was because we don't have the Amazons and the Atlanteans, you know, destroying half the world. <laughs> so, so I kind of get that aspect of it but so what good is fixing it if you don't fix it if you don't fix it right i mean you can't any more stories you gotta fix it wrong it's a good comic book trope to stay with and the other thing too like people joked about with uh lois lane and the resistance you know grifter didn't come out to issues two and three it basically became grifter and the resistance and it's funny because that's exactly what he yells out in flashpoint number five (laughs) (laughs) you know but um but yeah, again, I mean, there was just a lot of things, you know, the, like I said, the story was by DNA, and it was just very cut and dry. It's like you kind of expected it beat per beat exactly that's what's going to happen. Even the last issue, issue three, was drawn by Kristen Duce, you know, who we, you know, raved about his art on uh, Ides of Blood. And man, did, did you see an example of taking a good artist and putting a bad colorist on them <laughs> in that issue number three of Lois Lane, The Resistance? Because man... <laughs> You know, Kristen Tutte's art does not look like that, and I mean, I take—I remember texting Ben about that. And I'm like, "Did you see this?" <laughs> so, well, uh, a bad colors can ruin almost any any art, no matter how good it is. Um, That's for sure. And why is it that uh, is it the new mainstay that every time there's an alternate grifter somewhere, he has to die? <laughs> You know, it happened in Captain Adam, it happened in Flashpoint, he had this awesome intro, beautiful two-page spread with Adam Kubert drawing him, or Andy Kubert, I forgot which one, Andy, I think, and then he dies the next panel. <laughs> like, <laughs> weak, but whatever, I had to get him out of the way, I guess, for the, for the new DCU grifter. I mean, we'll talk about the end of Flashpoint here in a second. Let's talk a little bit about probably a comic that I don't think any of us followed, but I know there was some discussion at, at at the boards at Clark's Bar about in Deathstroke and the Curse of the Ravager comic, there was a character called Jenny Blitz, who you know obviously sounds just like Jenny Sparks or Jenny Quantum, but we never could get confirmation about that. And I mean, I kind of flipped through those issues, and she just basically you know has powers you know that she shoots from her hands. There was nothing that I could see like she could alter reality or anything like that. So did you guys, or, or Ben, did you even look into that when they were talking about that? I, I did. I picked them up. I don't know. I, I didn't pick up all three issues, so I just picked up two and three where that appearance was in. So it was a little tricky to follow what was going on. But I, I could see the, the correlation, and especially now that you know we have Stormwatch number one to kind of look at and see how related they may be. Um, she is in Stormwatch number one, so it's not like, they didn't bring that character into the DCU. So it very well could be her. Yeah, what about you, Chris? I mean, did you get to check that out at all? I didn't read the the Deathstroke series, so I just got with uh, all the information I 
uh, was able to read was all, you know, online or people's theories. It could have been Jenny or it could have been just somebody named Jenny who has the last name Blitz or uses the last name Blitz. It's, uh, I guess we'll have to wait to see what uh, Cornell does with Stormwatch and if he goes into Jenny's predecessors. So I'm I'm pretty much in the air with who she really is or what she is. I mean, me too. And like I said, it, it's kind of inconsequential because the Flashpoint universe is gone. <laughs> it wasn't as obvious as the Grifter one. So if they were trying to kind of promote some of the Wallstrom characters, the only one they did a good job was with Grifter. Because the only other rumor I heard was over in Superman, you know, that they say that that white-haired guy he fought could have been a version of Apollo. What about that? Uh, ben, did you hear anything about that one? Oh, no, I didn't catch that, so I, I didn't even see it. Yeah, I heard that uh, that the guy could be, like, the uh, DC version of Apollo since he was uh, genetically engineered like Apollo was in Stormwatch, or the Wildstorm version of Stormwatch. So it, it could have been, but we never knew what Apollo's real name was, so it was kind of kind of up in the air with it could be him, or it could just be... Uh, you know, kind of a wink, nudge, nudge type thing. That was, you know, since Paulo is, you know, a uh, a Superman archetype character. Yeah, because one thing that I found interesting about Flashpoint, you know, if you really wanted to try to push some of these characters, because obviously all the other ones that were DC characters, they were kind of, you know, twisted a little bit, but he was still recognizable enough to where, you know, okay, this is Aquaman, that's Batman, you know, and if you were going to have at least these three titles, you know, Stormwatch, Voodoo, and Grifter coming into the new uh, DCU, really the only one it seemed that they were interested in pushing was Grifter. <laughs> you know, there was no mention of Voodoo or, no, or, or any of the other Stormwatch characters other than, you know, our question about Apollo. So that I found interesting. I mean, overall, I don't know what you guys sense, but to me, Flashpoint... It was good, but it, you could tell that they just seemed like, okay, let's hurry up and get to the reboot. I mean, what do you think about that, Ben? <laughs> yeah, that seemed pretty obvious, and even more obvious that, yeah, they were only pushing Grifter. Um, if Jenny Blitz was a version of Jenny Quantum, maybe they were, you know, touching on Stormwatch a little bit, but not really. Yeah, what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, yeah, well, I was I would agree that Flashpoint seemed kind of a... a not like totally rushed, but you could kind of see they were just let's get to the finish line. Let's let's kick off this new fifty-two event. Let's just get and, you know, they just had to get through these was it five issues or six? I can't remember how long it was uh, of the main story. They just you know they had to get through those a certain number of issues before they can finally just get to what they really wanted. I didn't enjoy Flashpoint as much as I had hoped because I do love those alternate timeline stories. So yeah, I just I agree. It felt rushed, and you're right. Grifter was the only one that you could uh, recognizably see as a Wildstorm character in the DCU universe, and all the rest, you know, like Jenny Blitz or the white-haired guy in uh, the Superman miniseries. It could be, and I can make a case for it, but I don't know. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, to me, that's just it's just odd because if you really wanted to push those characters. You know, you did a great job of Grifter, but you kind of dropped the ball on the other two. You know, other two titles that came are coming out. So that's just big, my opinion. 
They did a good job with Drifter until they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I realized I had to get him out of the way. So, But obviously, you know, it was really nice at the end of Flashpoint number five to see, you know, the three universes coming together and see a shot of the old Wildcats and, you know, kind of that explanation. I mean, I thought it was interesting that that they kind of alluded to the fact that the three universes used to be together and that this is them trying to fix them and bring them back together. And then we have the first appearance of the mysterious hooded lady who we'll talk about more when we get into Stormwatch in a second. But that was definitely interesting because ultimately, even though they, they're tagging the reboot as a good jumping on point, it is, but there's still all this stuff that connects to the past, apparently. I mean, you can see that in the solicitations for the Green Lantern books and for the Batman books. I mean, you know, Superman seems to be probably the most changed. And, of course, there's several others. Just all in all, you know, there's still connections there. I mean, if they were going to put them into the uh, DCU and start fresh and not mess with the versions of the characters that we know, I guess this this would probably be a good way to do it. Uh, what do you think about that, Ben? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just happy to see him again. Honestly, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I, I can't believe that we're getting to see Wildstorm character so soon. To be honest, I mean, I, I didn't think we were going to see anybody for over a year. And really, it was about six, seven months that we were able to see him from the last issue of Wildcats to the first uh, sighting of Grifter in Flashpoint. So I, I really can't complain, I guess. E- even if, you know, they are integrated into the DCU and, um, you know, some of their characteristics may have changed or, you know, they begged, borrowed, and stole from certain aspects of Wildstorm and, and let go some others. Yeah, no complaints here. Yeah, I mean, I agree, obviously. You know, yeah, we we didn't expect to see them for a long time, and it is nice to see them again. If it took rushing through a big event to get to them, so be it. Right. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, I definitely agree. I thought it was going to be over a year before we you know, heard anything. I was not expecting to see another Stormwatch title you know, eight months after they, the last issue of you know, Wildcats uh, came out that uh, ended the, uh, the Wildstorm imprint. So I was excited, but then, you know, I was kind of nervous, you know, what are they going to do to these characters? And, you know, I don't mind that they're going to tweak them to bring them into the DC universe because it's a different universe. It's not, they're not the characters that we enjoy. They're the DC version of the characters we enjoyed. Uh, it's not like they brought him over from the Wildstorm universe to the DC universe as, you know, these cosmic refugees and then try to, you know, put them into, uh, try to place them in an existing universe. So I kind of like the idea of them starting from scratch or whole cloth with the basic ideas. Because we don't know what exactly what they changed. Besides, well, I know we cha- they've changed uh, Apollo and Midnighter's origins since they're no longer... Well, as far as we know, they're no longer created by Henry Bendix for a, his own Black Ops team. So it'll be interesting to see what they uh, what they changed with the Wildstorm characters. And also to get your point back to the Green Lantern and Batman, I know those are the only two titles that didn't get major overhauls 
because they were actually selling pretty well. So they decide to keep most of that history while changing everything else, which is just really odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, you know, I got to keep what little money they were making at the time. Sure enough. Yeah, uh, just one more thing on that. It was kind of interesting. I listened to some of the uh, San Diego podcasts, all the 52 panels, and, you know, they were planning this, you know, way back in October or even further beyond that, that they were going to reset to number ones. And that's basically the same time that they had decided to close down Wildstorm. So they definitely had a plan for some Wildstorm stuff to go into it from the beginning, which you know, I found interesting. Anyway, moving on to Stormwatch number one, which is what we're here to review. Uh, Stormwatch number one, written by Paul Cornell and art by Miguel Sepulveda. So here we are. We get a mixture of our favorite Wildstorm characters back and some DCU characters, as well as some new characters. Stormwatch number one opens on a shot of the new headquarters, which is the Eye of the Storm. Uh, that's what they call their headquarters, which was a great nod back to Wildstorm. Their second major iteration of Wildstorm, kind of, I guess that would be the second reboot of Wildstorm. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so we open on that in hyperspace. Angie, the engineer, and team are basically tracking uh, an event that happened, I guess, an alien, I guess, force that they that they felt, and they've been tracking that. At the same time, there's a bunch of things going on on Earth. Um in Moscow, Jack Hawksmore and a few new team members, the Projectionist and Martian Manhunter, are tracking another character, and it's basically what we know as Apollo. His introduction, um, I guess he's learning his powers, and we're starting to learn his powers at the same time, because he's, he's new to this, I guess, version of the universe. So they're tracking him and seeing him as... I guess they called him, you know, potentially the most powerful man on Earth. Uh, we get to see a little bit of the projectionist's powers, which he's able to basically get any information on Earth, which is interesting. Any any bit of media, uh, internet, anything like that. We get to see a cool shot of Apollo beating the crap out of Superman, which was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little fan service there for the Wildstorm people. Yeah, and it was what was really cool is what they show in that shot. It was actually a recreation of fan art within a book. I don't know. It was kind of interesting. It was a little uh, art within art there. We see Martian Manhunter change into his character, which is kind of cool. Or, you know, what we know of him as the alien. And then we quickly jump to the moon. Angie's tracking another character, uh, Harry Tanner. The Eminent to Blades. Yeah, and he is basically dealing with the moon that starts attacking him. Well, he believes it to be the moon, I guess. And he falls down into a cavern, and he's basically greeted by another alien life form. And we see it as this big, giant eyeball. A uh, little bit of a, the Eye of Sauron nod. <laughs> yeah, I, ho I hope his spacesuit has uh, you know, a place to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <because. laughs> I think that's what happened after he saw uh, that. What's funny is this character says, who are you? What are you? And he starts uh, interrogating Harry. And Harry's like, uh, you know, I'm just a master swordsman. I can slice cold fusion from the air, cut my signature on a retina, which is funny because he's talking about a human eye and how small a human eye is. <laughs> but he's being interrogated by this huge, humongous eyeball. Just, I thought it was funny. 
Uh, maybe we'll see him do that in the future. I don't know. But basically what happens is this alien life form ends up taking over him and, and possessing Harry's body. And next we go to the next scene, which would be back on Earth in the Himalayas. It's uh, a blizzard outside, and we are introduced to Adam One and Jenny Quantum. And now Jenny Quantum is a century baby, basically the spirit of the 21st century, and all the Wildstorm fans understand that. So every new century, that person basically dies and a new baby is born, and you know they're the spirit of that century. And they have certain powers... That each century baby has, they they all have their their strengths. This is Jenny Quantum for the 21st century, and basically what they are doing there is uh, tracking down another life form, I guess. But but what we see is this big <laughs> worm. It almost looks like a cave, but it it, it basically is a snakey worm. Sorry about the uh, thunder in the background. If you can hear that, it's a uh, storming, which is very appropriate because we're reviewing the storm much. Anyways. <laughs> I love Providence. <laughs> it's getting really bad out, but hopefully we'll keep the connection. This is just a really quick introduction. It's really just two pages of these characters, and they come across this form. Oh, well, it's a few more than that. And there's a little joke about the worm being the horniest thing on Earth, which is kind of funny. Uh, Adam One is kind of teaching Jenny to use her powers and kind of being her guide. And she's like, I can handle this, no problem, teleportation. So I think what has happened is they teleported that worm into the headquarters, I'm not really sure, um, just to kind of check it out more. Yeah, because they they wanted to get a closer view of it and be able to investigate it more. Um, Then we go back to Moscow where they're tracking... Apollo, and this is where we see the mysterious red hooded figure in the very first panel. You can just catch it right there. I guess we'll get more on that in a later issue. But here, this is where Jack Hawksmore finally gets to feature some of his his powers, and he's screwed with the city just to kind of off-balance Apollo a little bit. And basically, he punches Martian Manhunter in the face, which he takes like a champ and actually (laughs) causes Apollo to fall on his ass. (laughs) which was pretty cool. And then he morphs into a, a more impressive-looking alien with about five different sets of teeth and mouths. And actually, what it looks like is it looks like one of the aliens that was in the last iteration of the Authority run with the, you know, when they had their big, long space jaunt. That's what it kind of looks like. Do you remember that? I was waiting for Chris to jump in on that one. <laughs> you know, actually, I was just thinking about it. I, was, I just reread that around the last night, and I couldn't remember the name of those aliens. I was trying to, I was like, it's the Cabrina or Caribou, some weird funky name. And I was just trying to think of this. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the, the name. But, yeah, it does remind me of those without the arms, though. And then we get to see something that we don't really ever get to view, which is... Uh, kind of through the lens of Midnighter's viewpoint um, and how he would be calculating things in his head, uh, which he can, you know, as one of his powers, he can calculate a fight thousands of times over within a split second and know the outcome. As Martian Manhunter kind of picks Apollo up and yells at him and says, hey, we need you to to fend off the most important thing that's going to attack Earth, Midnighter steps in and basically beats the crap out of everybody and puts them all on their butts and uh, <laughs> tells Apollo, hey, why don't you fight for us instead and we could kill every one of these bastards. And 
basically puts it out there, hey, join me instead. And that's the first issue. So there's a lot going on here. We're introduced to a lot of characters. There's about four different plot threads thrown out already. And my lights are blinking because of the storm. So one of you guys better take over before I drop. (laughs) What did you guys think? Uh, I'll go with Joe first. Uh, Okay. I thought it was a good issue as far as first issues go because... I was trying to look at this as a new reader, you know, obviously because I know these characters. Um, so I really tried to stay out of what I knew and tried to be like, okay, if I read this for the first time, would I understand it enough? And, I mean, I think I would. I've had people arguing with me on the net this week that they didn't. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I have to talk to somebody. Because there have been some people who say this was my first issue. I've never read Stormwatch before, and I was able to follow. So it's give and take, apparently, with this issue for most people. I, I will say, Ben, you know, you and I went back and forth about does this issue stem from Action Comics number one or Superman number one? And according to the little footnote here, it does stem from Superman, Superman number one, which apparently they already knew was going to come out after this issue. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that at all. I was thinking that whenever I was reading this. I was like, why did they plan it that way? It doesn't, whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we'll find out, because apparently it has to do with that giant creature they were monitoring, and other than that, it seems like that's the only thing. Although I think, if I remember the solicitation, it might have referenced Adam 1. I'm not sure. We'll pick up Superman in a couple of weeks and find out. But Yep. Regardless, uh, uh, to me, it was more like this is the way some old authority issues opened up sometimes. It's like they're in the bleed and they're, you know, monitoring or they're checking something out. So to me, this was not unusual to be thrown in the middle of them checking into something. So I guess maybe that's why it didn't throw me off as much. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, it was cool that they, they've got the new headquarters and the, the nod to Wildstorm. I call it Eye of Storm. That was really, really good. And, uh, now I'm going to have to go uh, look up that fan art you were talking about with Apollo and Superman because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know I know the one he's talking about. It was a, a black and white penciled of um, Apollo just like smashing Superman's face into the ground. And I was looking for it the other day because somebody else had – I was talking with somebody else on the net about it. And I couldn't find it and I don't know – and I can't find it in my hard drive because I know I had it but – it must have, I must have lost it, but I know the picture he's referring to. They reference it on page five of the book, just so you know. It, that's a real website, comparethepowers.com? <laughs> I didn't even check it out. Oh, I didn't actually either, but... <laughs> no, it's not. I, tr- I looked it up. It's, it's a blank page. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody will make it into a site real quick. I hope but, so. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, also, you know, the introduction, introduction of some of these characters, um, you know, Angie, it's interesting that she's back at the helm you know it's not the carrier but she's she's one, the one running the station so i like that uh adam one you know to me has a doctor vibe to him so to see him kind of saying in the background with jenny quantum i have to remind myself that he's not a doctor you know <laughs> so that was interesting and then yeah jack hawksmore uh it was cool to show his whole thing with the cities right away because i have read some people online that they didn't know that he could do that they have no idea about him and his powers and some people really like that idea that he controls the cities. And the projectionist, yeah, I didn't know what to think about her. And when I heard you talking about it earlier, Ben, you know, about the information thing, the first one that came to mind was River. You know, and I didn't think about that at first. You know, River Baldwin, who, of course, was introduced at the end of the Wildstorm universe. <laughs> ah, that's a, that's a really good pickup. I didn't even think about that. I, I didn't think about it till you were talking earlier. That's what happens when you put 
three Wildstorm fans together in one room, even if it's a digital <laughs> room. <laughs> Minds start melding. You know, obviously, like to me, the the oddest choice was to just throw Martian Manhunter in there, but Martian Manhunter, I guess after reading this issue, I realize he's a different character now. I mean, he was killed, what was it, last year in, was it Final Crisis? Or yeah, I think so. So apparently he's had a darker edge to him, you know, that usually happens when you die and come back. <laughs> so... So after seeing, you know, how he justifies being with the Justice League and here, which is also interesting because I guess that means he does join the Justice League later. But yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see him fitting a little bit better now, now that I saw him interacting with the other characters. I mean, yeah, the whole thing to me just felt like a Warren Ellis issue or, you know, something out of the Authority or Planetary, which, you know, I hope helps the book because it gives it a different feel from the rest of the DC books that I've that I've checked out. And... Obviously, I don't know if you guys caught it, but you know, like the Cornell made reference to the other book he's writing, which is Demon Knights, you know, and, and made it an illusion that they were uh, kind of like an early version of Stormwatch, and he also made allusion to the Shadow Cabinet, which I found out is something else. Some people talk about that that coming from the Milestone universe, which I'm sure it could, or it could come from some of his other writings. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this issue to be sure. That, that it's going to be good to come back and see what was what kind of plans were laid out here as we get further down into the story. And yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it's great that everybody got to show off their powers. Got to you got to hear everybody's name at least once, you know. Which I was arguing with some people too that I mean that's all you can ask for in a first issue. You can't ask for an explanation of every single thing. And I didn't realize that was Midnighter's point of view because um, I kind of was wondering about that, but it makes sense. Somebody had argued that they didn't understand what Midnighter could do. I'm like, well, he only showed up in the last two pages, you know. All you need to know right now is he can kick ass and they'll explain the race later. <laughs> but all in all, I mean, I thought it was a very good issue. Like I said, I'm I'm glad that they are kind of keeping it in the spirit of Wildstorm only because, you know, we don't, we don't need another team book that mirrors Justice League or you know any of the other book, team books that are out there this this one needed to be different you know the one thing i do find interesting is that ultimately with the even with the new characters this is basically the authority not stormwatch <laughs> so i find it interesting that they chose that title i wonder if it had to do um you know with any legalities which i'm sure they'll never answer to a straight but regardless i'm happy to have a stormwatch title that has authority characters in it <laughs> what did you think chris <laughs> well I like it. I try like you to come into it like objectively as uh, a new reader. Uh, I try not to bring in like the like baggage from the old uh, Stormwatch or Authority. Kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to do when you see new, you know, characters you know. But you know, I didn't. I try not to compare it. You know, like oh well, they didn't. They they did this differently. They wouldn't have done that if it was you know Wildstorm. You know, stuff like that. But uh, overall, I liked it. I like the some of the changes. Like uh, Jack Hawksmore has the, the the metal grating on his hands, not just his feet now. I kind of liked uh, Adam One's um, nod to not to the fans, but the fans when we on the old message, the old Wildstorm message boards, we used to try to uh, find out what or pin down what Jenny Q's uh, powers were. And he just summed it up. He goes, "Well, we don't know the science of the 21st century, so you can pretty much do anything." And I just, that kind of made me laugh because we never could figure out what exactly her powers were. Because you know, she could manipulate reality. She could do this. She could do that. You know, her powers were kind of all over the board. So I kind of like that. 
uh, Cornell kind of just nailed it down. Like, we don't know what her powers are, so we're just going to do everything we possibly can with them. And the projectionist, I, I kind of digging her as a new character when she was talking with Martian Manhunter about her, how useful her powers are. And all all the while, while Apollo's escaping, I kind of find her interesting because she's kind of self-absorbed or maybe not uh, – she maybe has uh, low self-esteem, which would be interesting under the, uh, the you know, the pen of the right writer. So I just thought that was a funny little scene where she's like, oh, you've – you're coming out of disguise because you finally uh, found my powers useful. And he's all, no, uh, Apollo's getting away. <laughs> I don't know why that just made me laugh. And then the, I'm kind of interested about the eminence of Blaze to see what he's uh, all about. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the, uh, the Swordmaster character from Wildstorm about being the greatest swordsman who ever lived. But I, guess, I remember from an old interview saying he's not, uh, Cornell saying he was not very sure of himself, even though he's this great swordsman. So I'm kind of seeing what Cornell does uh, with him, especially now that he's taken over by this giant alien eye. Or the scour- was it the, what are they, the Scourge of Worlds is what their official title is. Of course, you know, Midnight are coming at the end. Uh, doing the, this Vulcan mind uh, pinch on the Manhunter to knock him out, uh, clocking uh, Hawksmoor, and then putting this weird bag over the projectionist to take her out. And I guess uh, we'll find out more about the bag in the next issue, uh, according to Paul Cornell, that I read on his website. So, so far, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. Uh, I'm going to see what uh, kind of see what they've changed or what they've added. Uh, what they've taken away, I'm I'm in for the second issue for sure. Yeah, I kind of I kind of didn't realize it was a bag. I guess you know, in the back of my mind, I'm well, thinking, oh, that's his I, trench coat. I oh, and I thought, it. oh wait, he doesn't have it I anymore. Can't wait for <laughs> issue number two. Oh, <laughs> all they need to do is give him the trench coat and take away the chin spike. I'll be happy. That's all I need. Get rid of the chin spike and trench coat. That's all I need to be happy. I'm a simple man. But it'll make for such an interesting scene whenever somebody finally tries to punch him in the chin. definitely and i think we're gonna break right now for a quick commercial break and we'll catch you on the flip side viet win here and i'm here talking to alex smith about an amazing new product Tell us about it, Alex. Thank you, Viet. Tell me, Viet, are you tired of reading all those Avengers books? Do you hate it when you have no one to talk to about the Avengers books you just read? Well, I'm sure we've all had that problem before, right? Well, you can say goodbye to those dreary days because now you have Earth's Mightiest Podcast. Wow, that is so interesting. How does it work? Earth's Mightiest Podcast gives plot synopses and reviews of not one, not two, not three, but four main Avengers titles. We're talking Avengers, New Avengers, Secret Avengers, and Avengers Academy. Wait a minute here. Are, are you saying all four Avengers titles? You've got to be kidding me. I would never kid you, Viet. But wait, there's more. If you start listening now, you'll not only get all four main Avengers titles, but I'll throw in coverage of the Fear Itself major event and some tie-ins absolutely free. That's just crazy, Alex. Okay, 
Now, how much is this going to cost me? I'm glad you asked, Viet. So you get coverage of Avengers, New Avengers, Secret Avengers, and Avengers Academy, and the Fear Itself major event with some tie-ins, a million-dollar value for not $100, not $50, not $30, not $20, or even $10. Right now, you can get Earth's Mightiest Podcast for four easy payments of $0 and 0 cents. Now tell me, that's not a good deal. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. It should be, Viet. But enough of me talking. Let's hear what our satisfied customers have to say. Before Earth's Mightiest Podcast came along... I was spending so much money on the Avengers and main event books. On top of that, I had no one to talk about all the books I read. Now, I don't ever have that problem, and my life is so much easier. Thanks, Earth's Mightiest Podcast. Find more about Earth's Mightiest Podcast at www.earthsmightiestpodcast.com. Earth's Mightiest Podcast is not affiliated at all with Marvel Comics in any way. Plot synopses may not be accurate. Earth's Mightiest Podcast is not responsible for any injuries, death, or babies conceived while listening to this podcast. All right, so uh, yeah, well, that was a good commercial break, and we do uh, hope that you will visit our friends over at the Cultural Wormhole. I mean, they are the ones that helped us set up this podcast at the very beginning when we used to be with um, the Comic Addiction. Anyway, we just want to mention some of the other releases that are going to be coming out. I mean, some of these may be out, you know, by the time we get this podcast out. Coming up this week on the 14th of September is Grifter Number One, which you know I'm stoked about. Then on the then we skip a week as far as Wildstorm titles are concerned. Then on the 28th of September we have Voodoo Number One. You know, remember all these books are available digitally either through DC Comics website or you know our old friends at Comicsology.com. So uh, we do hope that uh, those people who are not picking up the single issues will at least give them a, a try online. I want to take a quick time to give a shout-out to our friend Frankie De Jesus over at the Eye of the Storm podcast. Uh, he was uh, doing this podcast you know, way before we ever came up with Wallstorm Addiction. So uh, you know, we welcomed him back on Twitter, and um, he, he gave us a mention on his latest podcast. And he's, you know, he's talked a little bit about the new stuff, but he said that he's going to try to continue to review some of the old Wallstorm stuff as well. So his will kind of be... You know, like our unofficial retro reviews, you know, because he'll be going. I know he just went over Point Blank, I believe, because obviously DC's not giving up on those. Because I do want to mention real quick, I just came to mind, it's not official solicits yet, but I know we all three have seen that on Amazon.com there is a Wildcats deluxe hardcover coming out in January, and then the Stormwatch one comes out in February, Chris? February. So it is good to see that DC is taking advantage of that old material and putting it out. And, you know, we really got to push those hard when they come out and let people know that they exist just so we can get more nice reprinted material. So also want to thank Chris Stryker for coming on. Uh, if you go to our main page, uh, you can link to his site, The Higher Authority, which uh, we'll be seeing a, a visual update soon here, Chris, aren't we? Oh, no, I, I actually got a whole new domain name started up. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'll be. So. Uh, I'm kicking off. A, it's a stormwatch.ws. Hopefully it'll be up soon. I'm still monkeying with the, <laughs> the some of the pages. So hopefully uh, by next week it'll be up. But I got the stormwatch on Facebook page up and running. So oh, like cool. is there, and that's pretty much uh, where you, I, you'll get all the up to date uh, stuff on stormwatch. As I get it, I will feed it to you, the mm-hmm. the fans. So. You know, like us at Facebook and uh, share and share with friends. 
get the word out on this title. It's I think it's going to be a good one. I think it'll be DC Sleeper title. Well, that's good. Hey, we got an exclusive, Ben. We just heard of the new launching of the new site. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but are you going to keep Clark's Bar just linked to the new site, or how are you going to do that? Uh, I, I'm gonna get, well, I'm going to keep the old authority site going, so Clark's Bar is not going anywhere. I don't know if I'll be able to link. Yeah, I could probably link it from there, but I don't know if I'll be able to move the database because I'll be using a, I'm using a different host provider. Okay. I mean, that's fine because we're toting here at, at the podcast. Obviously, you know, you can go to the main DC boards to discuss it. They they did add a Stormwatch discussion boards finally, so you can discuss it there. But, you know, if you want a more intimate discussion with some old Wildstorm fans, you know, we, we do recommend going to Clark's Bar instead. But, yeah, that's cool that that's coming up. So, you know, regardless of what you end up doing, we'll have the link on our main page. And also we have the link to, you know, uh, Frankie's Eye of the Storm podcast. So, but yeah, it's really cool. It's it's. Cl- I'm glad to see that uh, it's letting all our creative juices flow again <laughs> to have all these characters up and running. Absolutely. And as always, you can contact contact either me or Joe. Uh, Joe is twitter.com/grifter78. Uh, you can look me up. I'm Yo-Yo Master 146 at Wildstorm Resource Wiki, or you can contact us both at wildstormaddiction at gmail.com and. Hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash wildstormaddict. Any last words, Chris, since we got you on here? Hey, thanks for inviting me. It was, uh, it was, it was nice of you to bring me back. Uh, it's the, the last one we did, I think it was back in G- January, I think, January 11th. So it's nice to uh, be back uh, talking Stormwatch or any Wildstorm-related stuff. Thanks again for having me back. No problem, man. Last time it was over drinks and tears, so this is a lot better. <laughs> many a tear, it, many a drink. It can still be over drinks, just had tears of joy now. <laughs> exactly. That's right, that's right. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, and uh, keep spreading the Wildstorm love, even in the DCU. All right, see you next month, everybody.